Mr. and Mrs. America, Ed Sheehan, is at sea. He is currently not with us. He's teaching. But we did not want to miss out on another great interview with Margaret Garcia from Grit PPO. You may remember her from last season when we discussed customer service. Just quick introduction, if you don't know who Grit PPO is, it's basically a, a call center or outsourced call center that can sell everything your company sells. But Margaret, a brief infomercial, because I won't do it as much justice as you will. Sure. So we're basically an outsourced call center. We're specifically dedicated to the pest control industry. And what we do is focus on being a seamless extension of your team and your brand. The only difference is the geography and the customers never feel that. So that's pretty much what we're doing, giving a higher level of customer service experience, giving you access to a fully trained and knowledgeable team so that you can just focus on what you do good. And that's the service. And if I was starting a brand new business today, this would, in my opinion, be the best route to go because there's minimal overhead as opposed to hiring someone in the office and you as the startup owner can really focus on your business. And if you're doing the actual work, many people out there will remember answering phone calls while you're under a kitchen sink or something spraying because that's how you had to make money. And this is where grit can fill in with a startup and it's not the same cost as having a full-time employee with all the benefits and everything like that. So uh, if I was starting out now, this, I would, Margaret would be the, one of the first people I called like, yo, phone start ringing tomorrow. You ready? Absolutely. You're saving all that cost on all the overhead when you're paying full-time employees. It's for the entire time that they're sitting there versus us. It's just the time that we're spent working for you. Yeah. So, all things COVID, you were one of the first people that I spoke to in the very beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. We were talking about just the gauge of what's going on. This is going to be a broad question, but what challenges have you seen for you and what adjustments have you had to make? Yeah, it's a common question now of engagement when you interact with people. I think that the challenges that my company Grit had was really keeping motivation going and putting everyone's mental health first. I think that's really what was challenging. Working remotely is something that we fall into that formation a lot. So it wasn't anything new. We never really, you know, skipped a beat when it came to that. We knew that there were some blips in communication and things that we needed to iron out. The whole pandemic, besides the health hazards, has just been very human-centric for us, for business owners, for managers, for people to deal with. So We've always had a very healthy and vibrant company culture, but I think the most challenging part of this has been keeping that alive throughout the whole thing. Are you back in, not just you, because we know Mm -hmm. most owners were always in the office, but is the team back in the office full blown or... We're in and out and a lot of my teams already expanded and remote and um, scattered. So like I said, so being in that kind of formation wasn't new, but we did clear out the office. Even now we're in and out and I think that takes a toll on people mentally. So like I said, it's still a challenge. Look, part of the mental challenge is being at home with your entire family. Yeah, working remotely is difficult in a sense that for a lot of people, it's been a lifestyle change for the better. It's forced business owners and employees outside of their comfort zones, and it makes everyone kind of redefine 
trust and productivity. I think for others, it's been a real struggle to lose the camaraderie and the interactions. I think that's for us, one of the things that we try to stay focused on because we know it's a pain point. My team really, they truly honestly work as a team. It's a fabulous thing to be proud of. And so when they don't have those interactions and that ability to just hear someone in the background or hang up a phone call and talk to your neighbor about that call, it, it definitely changes you a little bit. And let's be honest, pest control is a tough industry to be in. I think that it's the only industry that I know of where you're just having to be sorry all the time, right? On your calls. Um, I'm sorry you're having that problem. I'm sorry a manager hasn't called you back. I'm sorry he didn't get into the basement. Yes, I see it's clearly notated here. I'm sorry he hasn't arrived yet. I'm sorry you weren't aware that this isn't covered in your program. We're in this industry with emotionally charged phone calls and where the nature of the phone call is always a problem. So the part where this is work, you know, customer service and being on the phone is having to be in a good mood 100% of the time. And a lot of the times you get that from your surroundings. So being put into this pandemic situation and the isolation and having to juggle kids at home and things like that, it's really tough. It's not for everybody. Yeah, I could not agree more, but you said the customer service piece. I always knew that every phone call was emotionally charged, but I don't think I've ever said it out loud. But that is a very good point. So what do you think are the customer service rules for 2021? Overall customer service and for what we do with pest control or any business really, tone and inflection, those are the most important parts. To me in pest control phone calls, tone and inflection is everything. Using the right um, tone and engagement, it affects every part of your business from that first phone call that comes in with that new potential customer to the customer that's calling with a cancellation or a complaint. And when you're on the phone, like you said, if there's not a lot of attention to this, I just want everybody to think about those things. When you're on the phone, you lack the ability to express emotions with your facial expressions, your body language. So teaching your customer service you know, team how to use that right tone at different points and in interactions of a phone call is really a high priority. And I don't think that companies or management teams really focus on that enough with the training and the development of those things. It's really important. It sets the tone sometimes for the entire phone call. I say all the time, it's not 250 years in the pest control industry, silver, bronze, elite programs. You can't sell everything and you can't save everything, but you can definitely validate, you can engage and you can interact. And not a lot of customer service is geared toward training your team on that. When are you going to start teaching classes? Definitely needed. I see that. Maybe you'll be part of some new Colony Confidential educational series. We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, um, I'm so excited to focus on those things. I think in, in our industry, there's a lot of attention and support and ideas for business owners and technicians in the field and what are the best products and things like that. Not enough on the, the front line. I agree. CO2 used to be about like marketing and then customer engagement and employee engagement. And it was amazing. The first time I went to it was like four or five years ago, opened my eyes. But from what I've seen with the program, it's all marketing now and very limited on the other piece that, we, that you just spoke about that is so needed on customer engagement, really employee engagement, because you and I have spoken about this. Uh, if your employees are happy, your customers are happy. And, and that's the same for answering the phone calls. And it mm -hmm. goes to 
speaks to tone and inflection and everything that you mentioned. So I was sad to see that whole day was taken away where combined customer experience and employee experiences. And instead of eight hour days, it's now four hour days because it's virtual. That was the main reason I went for. And that seminar, what I learned there and took and turned into our own, helped Mm -hmm. us with retention of employees and cut our turnover. We were at like 40% turnover at one point, 35, and down under 20% now. And part of that is what we implemented after realizing we know we could kill the bugs. We just got to keep employees and keep customers happy. Yeah, it's a completely different landscape than what it was 10 years ago. I've been talking on the phone for a really long time. 10 years ago, customers were happy when they called up and you knew when they said they had this black crawling insect, you were able to say it was a carpenter. And it was like, oh my God, you were just the best, right? Now, with all the technology that's at their fingertips with Wikipedia, they they call you with exactly what it is, where it's coming from, what they think you need to come out and do, and, and definitely what they think it costs to do it. The nature of the phone call is completely different now. And so you need to be the most knowledgeable person on the phone all the time. So where that was easy 10 years ago, now they call fully educated. So now how do you take your customer service to the next level? And that's the resource that we need to focus on. I also think one of the biggest pieces to that with all the information out there today is only speak as a CSR or CSS just to train them not to speak on stuff they don't know and to be able to tell somebody, can you hold for a second while I get you the proper answer? It happens, especially in pest control, where people just don't have the exact answer. I think that's the part sometimes where where companies don't give enough focus to that. Like your team should always have enough information on your treatment options, even if it's excluding pricing, things that help them build value in your service and the things that are the features and the benefits of your organization and the things that make you great. It's always important just really to be the most knowledgeable person on the phone when it comes to basic biology of things. Like why not teach your CSRs things like what happens when technicians treat for ants? It can cause an increase in activity so that when customers call up, a CSR who doesn't have that kind of understanding on how the materials work and what their cause and effect is, that customer calls up, they complain, what's the famous line? Your guy was just here, right? Your guy was just here. He came out, he treated my house for ants yesterday. And I think he made it worse because there's a dozen more and they're everywhere. So a CSR that lacks that kind of understanding, what do they do? They schedule a callback or they log it as a complaint call. A more educated CSR that's a little bit more knowledgeable or versed would say, okay, Mrs. Jones, that's actually a good sign. That lets us know that the treatment that he did was successful and this is how we know that the material is working. We don't need to send somebody back out. What we want to do is give the material a couple of days, give it some time to take. All us factors uh, call back, which non-revenue producing and sometimes companies don't want that. The other CSR educates the customer sets the expectation correctly, and nobody has to go out. You know, that's the difference between arming your CSR team and giving them resources. Customer service reps, they love information about pest control. They love learning pest biology. I speak to so many different teams all across the United States, and that's the one thing that they always say they don't get enough information of. Even if they're not using it, it's still their industry. It's still a part of their every day, and they, they soak it up like sponges. You got to find the right person for that, I'm sure. What is your hiring process must be insane? We develop the company culture and the mindset first. And for me, I, I hire against it. I coach and I train toward it. We measure up to it. You really have to have people that 
want to be in this industry, that want this to be a career, it can be absolutely 100% of a career, not just a job. So I don't think it's necessarily the right person. I think that everybody that wants to show up and do their job wants all the tools necessary to do it. And nobody likes to deal with an unhappy customer. So the more information, the more call control that you're able to give, it, it makes their day go better. That's a great point. So you spoke about customers and the wacky phone calls, if you will. What kind of questions are you getting from customers now? Have you seen any difference with all things COVID? I think customers still call up. They're asking, are you still servicing with COVID? Still not under the, the understanding that pest control doesn't shut down. Do the technicians still wear protective gear, that sort of thing? It's been very fortunate to be part of the pest control industry and being in this essential category and knowing with confidence that using things like PPE and masks and these practices were all something that's not new to us. And we've taken every advantage to say that to customers when they call with concerns. So that gives them comfort. I think that it's been great to be able to also educate customers who would have otherwise canceled, thinking that they had to be worried or even now still have to be worried about limiting their interaction, their social distancing, where they would have canceled pest control if you weren't able to just explain that lots of things can be controlled with exterior applications, preventative treatments. For the first time in my lifetime, residential was positively affected by a national issue. You know what I mean? It's a pandemic, something none of us ever saw happening. But during the last recession, 09, commercial pest control was not affected really at all. And now we're having the opposite effect of that. Did you have an increase in new clients using your service? Oh, yeah. In the very beginning, it was a huge, it was a huge surge of people not knowing what to do, how to fall into this remote formation, how to send their team home. And the easy resource was you know, to contact us. And we were able to, to pick a lot of things more quickly than we would with most customers when we like to have an onboarding process, but we knew the need was to never let these companies have any flaws in their system when it came to client communication. So we had a huge increase, even for the companies that we were working with and representing. I was gearing up for the season. The height of the season is coming. We need more team members. There's going to be a higher call volume. I never expected like the wave that happened, not just in the beginning, people a lot of people called the volume obviously went up for even our current partners where their customers were calling, making sure that nobody came out to the house. You were just like limiting, you know, all interaction with the outside world. But what came after that was the huge surge of people now home. They were a little less panicky about social distancing. And now they were just really annoyed that they had been home for two or three months and ants were crawling inside and all the pest issues that they now had time to see. Normally people leave at seven o'clock in the morning and they go to work and they don't come home until six. And so they're not around sometimes house to see all these things, but now everybody was home. And so there's this huge, you know, spike in just current customers calling to execute their ability to have that needed service. And it was just, it really was, was high. We weren't really expecting that. Yeah. From everybody that we speak to in residential, that was going on the influx of people being home and seeing everything. We spoke to Paul Giannamori from the Potomac group. What he was saying, because so many large companies benefited from COVID because their mm -hmm. residential picked up, plus if they were able to add the disinfecting piece. When the vaccine announcements came out, it negatively affected all of the publicly traded pest control companies. You saw the stock dip because everybody knew that they were going to lose those profits, certainly from the disinfecting 
but also knowing that residential was going to readjust. So just interesting to see how something like this affects the entire industry. I think we're going to see three companies in the billion dollar annual revenue range, which is nuts because that the billion dollar range has only been hit probably in the last 10 or 12 years. And some of the big ones are already in the $2 billion range. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the companies that we represent, like even the after hours, you're really trying to stay open after hours or have somebody answer your phone after hours for the sake of new business. A certain percentage of your new business comes in after four, after five o'clock. And there was so many people still calling, just regular current customers that were calling in and getting us on the phone, getting a live answer. So we were coordinating schedules. And I think that for some companies, it, it almost even hurt them as far as the scheduling because nor the normal process is your current customers, they call in, maybe they get a voicemail, they leave a message, your team comes back in the morning, they call the customer back. How many people do they actually get on the phone? I always wonder, does a certain percentage of phone tag that gets played? But now when they're calling into grit, like you're getting somebody every single time and therefore we're scheduling. So then the schedules were getting pushed out because we were scheduling all the current customers. That combined with the trying to get to new customers. Some of the partners were booked out for two weeks. It was just insane until, it, like you said, it leveled out. We were fortunate to maintain a good amount of our business, but we are pivoting to residential in 2021. So that's going to be very interesting for us. So the last time you were on, Margaret, I think one of the biggest things that people commented on or talk to me about was when you said, don't ask, how can I help you? Just Did they? Practice. Absolutely not. Have you started to, to practice that? Implemented it. I sent a text message in the middle of our interview during that time. But <laughs> a lot of people said, yo, I never thought of that. Some people said, yeah, Margaret told me that when I started to hire, but you got any new gems for us? Any do's and don'ts? <laughs> That's the big, that's the biggest one. If you can retrain your brain, then you'll always start out in control of the phone call. Whether or not you keep control is based on what you say and how you say it. But that's the biggest one. I think that the, the newest thing that I focus on with my team is to focus on what the problem is. Focus on the solution to the problem. I love pest control because it's a consultive sales approach. Like I love explaining to customers why potentially their pest issues are what they are, the things that they can do themselves to help so that they understand it's a relationship between what they can do and what their pest control operator can do to give them a happy home life. But you want to stay focused on what the problem is, focusing on the solution to the problem. A customer, you know, calls in and they, they say, I think I have bed bugs. So what's the problem here, Joe? Somebody says, I think I have bed bugs. What's the real problem? They're getting bites. They're getting bites, but the problem is that you're not sure. So the solution is identification. That's the solution. So for us, whatever the partner's you know profile is for identification of bed bugs, whether it be a canine sweep or a visual inspection, you want to focus on the solution. And so many you know, customers, when they call in, like you said, they, they pivot, they start asking questions and it's again, an emotionally charged phone call. Well, if it is bed bugs, how, how much do you think it's going to cost? Do I have to throw my bed away? Does my landlord need to be told like all these things that are not really what the problem is and you want to help the caller stay focused because I think that most reps would go on to answer those questions, even if it's just in a vague sense, right? Um, now the customer's emotionally charged and now the thought of prepping might be overwhelming and all these things to consider. Sometimes you might have that same customer want to back off and retreat and say, you know what, let me speak to my person. Let me think about it. Let me do this and that instead of just focusing on 
what the problem was. And the original problem was just that you think that you have bed bugs and the only solution that we need to talk about is the identification. You don't even want to get into treatments yet, service yet, prep yet. That's part of call control. Because like I said, sometimes answering too many questions just overwhelms a customer with too much to think about. And so you want to just focus on what the solution to their problem is. So focusing on the solution to the current problem, it's almost like being in court, right? If it's a yes or no question, you answer yes or no. You don't elaborate. I think that's great, but it's almost natural to... To want to answer all the questions, to want to put them at ease. And I think that sometimes people in those types of emotionally, you know, charged phone calls, it, it gives them too much to think about, especially for me, especially with bed bugs. It's, it can be very emotionally overwhelming for people. Just the idea of having to prep. If you start telling them, oh, there's going to be a preparation that's involved, obviously a conventional treatment, just the idea of prepping their house, they're looking around and they haven't even committed to you for the appointment for the inspection or the canine sweep and now they're thinking about the prep we haven't even gotten there yet we haven't even figured out whether or not this is bed bugs you want right. to just stay in control of it and just focus on what the solution to the problem is bed bugs is the perfect example of call control right. because the customer wants to know all the steps to the end everything right. right before they even know whether or not it's bed bugs they want to take it all the way to the end with you they want, and that's a perfect example because they want to know what the cost is, how, the length of time, but they want everything. And, and the, I guess the key to a great customer service person is for them to be like, listen, let's get this done first, because if you don't, then we don't have to worry about that. Let's worry about whether or not you actually have this issue first. And that's the solution. The, the issue is whether or not you have them. So we're going to focus on identification. Again, every company is different as far as how I answer that. I could go into, he's going to go over all of that when he gets there based on what he sees, or once we figure out whether or not there's an active problem, but that information will be relayed to us and we can contact you and go over all your treatments for remediation. It just depends obviously on what, you know, the partner's profile is, but you just want to keep people focused on it, especially like you said, with bed bugs. Call control, like you were saying though, is is huge. And at some point when it's a little safer in the world, we got to come up there and just sit in your call center for a day because I'm just so intrigued by the fact that your team handles X amount of different clients in a full eight hour day. Cause the intricacies of one pest control company, mm-hmm. you, even if you're only dealing with four, which I know you're not, it's just, yeah, it's definitely challenging and it's fun to watch. Don't forget. We're also functioning in, how many different softwares one call can be pest packed the next one pest routes the next one gorilla desk or serve suite it's like watching the orchestra play i i'm very proud of it i love what they do how they pop in and out and or switch gears in their brain when it comes to representing the different partners and really honestly staying true to the brand for the partners that want to focus on the fact that they are in the community and they give back and they're owner operated. That's the selling point. We, we make it a point to get to know the features and the benefits of every pest partner that we work with. So in the very beginning, it's always, what are the things that make Colony great? Who's our competition? So what are the things that stand out? Because again, like I said, it's not 250 years in the pest control business. It's not elite bronze programs. Those things don't sell pest control. It goes back to your tone and your inflection, but it's about the little things that make you stand out and make you great that a lot of the customer service teams that I, when I do, like I do many workshops for the CSR team and I always start with the whiteboard of, okay, what are the things that make this company great? What are the features and benefits? And you'd be surprised where a lot of team members can't name 10 things 
about the company that they work for. And so it's one of the things that we focus on when we start with a partner. And those are the things that get used in the phone call, especially when you're being compared apples to apples to another pest control company, because let's be true, when you're in a very saturated market in certain areas where it's just people calling, looking for the lowest price, when I am being compared to another company who's the same price, what are the things that make me different? How do you combat that phone call when somebody says, oh, I have another company who gave me the same price. Now, what do you have as a CSR that you're armed with to, to sway this call in your direction? One, I have my tone and my inflection and my interaction with the customer 100%. And two, it's those little things. Margaret, you should be proud. Your operation is impressive. Correct me if I'm wrong. Grit is the only call center doing full-blown access to customer management software, correct? Yes, we don't have any um, integrations, any APIs. We are truly an extension of your team, not just in the way that we're functioning in the softwares, but even the way that we communicate. We utilize platforms that give us direct contact to the rest of the, the team. So if it was Colony we were representing, we communicate with your staff. If we have Mrs. Jones on the phone and I'm in her account because I've logged into the system as Margaret, as a user, and I'm fielding her phone call, and maybe there's just something that I'm not sure what I'm looking at, or she has a question that I can't answer, we communicate directly with the office and say, hey, Chris, can you help me You know, answer this question for Mrs. Jones? I get the answer, and I get right back on the phone with Mrs. Jones. She doesn't have to hang up. She doesn't have to be told somebody will get you know back to you or call you back. It's really handled call from start to finish. Yeah, it's documented. It's notes. I'm a big proponent on source code documentation. I'm just documenting every interaction. At the end of the day, we are third party, so everything has to be interacted. My team knows that it doesn't matter. The, the smallest interaction, everything gets documented. For companies first starting out, that whole documenting everything should be easy. It's always been second nature to me. You want to be able to document something so that if the customer calls back, that interaction is there for everybody. It, it, tremendously 100% helps everyone in your team to know where somebody left off with something. I vividly remember the first day that I realized you could put notes on a customer account in Pest Pack. And I was just like, this is amazing. Cause we did it on route cards. You go back to route cards, right, Margaret? So I had route cards that had the notes on it. Mm -hmm. you know? And now it was like, wow, you just look on the handheld. This is amazing. It, it's truly a game changer. So Margaret, I, I don't want to get you nervous, but, and I'll, I'll, I will talk to the mister about this, but we're taking you on the road, whether you like it or not. We're going to go to warm climate destinations. We're going to do seminars. You're going to handle the customer service piece. We're going to get you some customers and we're going to enjoy some warm climates. We're going to bring one of the next best show in the industry is going to be Colony Confidential. And the plan is for grit and a couple of other key players that we really think are innovative like you. Nobody's doing what you're doing, nobody. People are just trying to automate it as much as possible so you never have to speak to a human being and that is not customer service. Oh no, I'm fully convinced, especially with the results of the pandemic, there's probably gonna be a huge increased spend on technology and advancements to everybody's communication, which probably includes things like chat, and AI, but there's nothing like an unscripted human call to be specific. But I'm really excited to start sharing and collaborating on what's always worked for me and all the things that I've learned 
and all the right things there are to say because personal experience, I've already said all the wrong things. And there's so much camaraderie and shared resources out there for field reps and technology and business owners. And I, I can't wait to really find ways of bringing to light the customer service aspect of it specifically. I've like been a CSR on the phone for years. Listen, I take the phone call of the frantic lady who's screaming because the one ant crawls across her kitchen counter and I'm like spawned because the next available date I have is three days away. And then you, the tech, you go out and it's Christmas time. You get the tip, you get the chocolate, you get the wine. And I'm the one that talked her off the ledge there's not enough attention for us. There's not enough chocolate and goodies for us when we're the ones who really face that head on. You're 110% correct. And that, among many other things, are the reasons the in office staff and field staff don't really get along. <laughs> because there's resentment on both levels. Team members that are service techs and whatnot doesn't matter if you had one job a month or a thousand jobs a month, they think you singled yeah. them out and they hate That's you. Right. <laughs> and then Absolutely. they work a seven hour day one day and you never get a seven hour day. That's right. I completely come in every day with the intent to add at least three or four jobs onto everyone's schedule. If I haven't, I've done something wrong. <laughs> and then you have salespeople like Big Red that just want to argue about everything, not do their paperwork, but unfortunately is a great salesperson, so you're stuck with them. That's right. In those situations, no, that's right. No, I don't need a map. No, why would a map help? No, absolutely. I, was, I could totally guess it myself. From interacting with so many different call center teams all over, it's funny how a lot of customer service reps and things like that interaction, like you said, with the office and the field and the sales reps and the communication, they feel like it's just them and just their company. And it's not. It's common across the board in the industry and there's a camaraderie to it. And we can get together and laugh about it and talk about it and find ways of improving it together. So it's, it's definitely things that everybody can share, but they just feel so isolated in it. So you said something before. Are you still taking calls? Absolutely. I mean, there's days we have to have, you know, contests with my team and I got to get in there and roll my sleeves up. There's times that I'll take phone calls and I'll strategically say things the wrong way and, and then go to my team and play the call and say, what did I do wrong here? Point out all the, what are the things that I should have said? What did I say that I, should, that I said incorrectly? You have to, at the end of the day, lead by example. That's definitely the number one thing. It's one of the things that we preach all the time. 75% now of my clients I've serviced at some point or another. Oh yeah, absolutely. As an owner, it's always great to still be a part of what's going on in the team. And yeah, exactly. Get down and dirty. I don't need to be out in the field in a crawl space to get dirty because some of these phone calls, I got to tell you, they definitely get down and dirty, these customers on the phone when they don't, get, <laughs> they don't get their way. That's something that's been so apparent to see with the pandemic and how customers' expectations have changed. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like their expectations keep rising. How fast they want you out there, how fast they want you to resolve their issue, what they think is an acceptable amount of time to perform a service, or how many areas that you need to treat to resolve the issue. They have very little patience um, sometimes with companies. Uh, I think that's, that's been a, a little bit of an upward trend the past uh, year. Commercially, we've probably picked up about 15 to 20 apartment buildings or commercial buildings. And one of them had rats in every apartment for, uh, on all six floors. So 30 some odd apartments. And when they called 
It was like in May. And you would think with something like that's an immediate need. I think they called on like a Monday and we told them Thursday. And they were, yeah, that's fine. I've never heard a commercial client say, if it's got to be later, no problem. But as long as you're going to come. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to hear that phone call. Because I don't <laughs> believe a commercial property manager said this. And that's basically what they said, because they just were getting, we can't be there for a month. We're, yeah. we're waiting to see what's happened, which was just nuts for us. Because we never stopped. Yeah. We went full blown. We got all the masks. We were ready to go. But uh, yeah, it was completely different where people were just like, yeah, we could wait a few weeks. When we told people four days, they were like, that's amazing. The best time frame I got was 10 days. Yeah, we had people, when we had calls being rerouted to us, you had a lot of companies that weren't prepared or didn't have a smooth transition to having their customer service team work remotely. And there were times where I'm sure there were missed calls and frustrated things. So we had a lot of new partners come on because of that reason. And we had customers calling in that were like, oh, I can't believe somebody actually live answered the phone. They were just getting so used to a certain way because everybody was just out of business or not answering the phone because they hadn't regrouped everything. It was crazy. I don't really want to say this, but I don't think you really know what you're prepared for until the shit hits the fan. You said it best, right? You, you got to plan until you get punched in the face. This, um, is, yep, this is true. I think the thing that's been exciting for, for me, for Grit, is like I said, keeping everyone's mental health first and a lot of the fun things that arise out of that, trying to make sure that we stay interacting and stay engaging with each other as a team. Silly little things that we do, like we have a, like a movie club and we have FaceTime Fridays and things like that. I think those are things that we've adapted to because of the pandemic that will definitely keep going because it makes a huge difference in, in the team and the way that they, that they conduct themselves every day. That's cool. So you're not doing too much face-to-face -face with your team? So we do weekly calls where we're all just being there on the other end. Sometimes we keep a phone line open and we're just working in the background and I'm going about doing anything that I normally do, but there's a phone line open. We keep an open chat call going. A lot of my team members even did that in the beginning. That's where the idea came from with like their cell phone. They would call each other on their cell phone and literally just leave the call open all day so that they could hear the other person in the background and you could hang up the phone call and just keep talking like, hey, did this phone call, blah, 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 the interaction with each other. We do the FaceTime Fridays where we literally just leave the Zoom call open for eight hours and people will just be like in and out doing the phone calls. They'll come out of the call, come back in. It's just the interaction. I don't need to actually talk to you, but to have that person there visually, again, makes a big difference. You got to find all those little ways, those little touches to keep your team engaged. Like I said, this is a very emotionally you know, charged industry. So being on the front lines on the phones and having to be in a good mood 100% of the time, which directly affects the type of customer service that you're giving or the way that you acquire new business as the first impression all of that contributes to what's going on around you. And so whatever we can do or I can do for my team to keep them in that good mood 100% of the time, if it's contests or festivities or movie clubs or water cooler channels and Slack and those types of communication platforms, like I'm all for it. And it makes a big difference. I think that's one thing that you'll see come out of this is we haven't done a face-to-face -face company meeting since February. They've been Zoom or Microsoft Teams has worked very well for us. We've been doing training through it, like actual training on for CEUs. 
Yeah, absolutely. You see the level of engagement when you interact with them on the Zoom and things like that. You got to also think about, you've got team members, CSRs who still haven't returned to the office. There's people that are still personal reasons or for whatever reasons, they're still home. And that's, a, think about this, a whole year has gone by where they're just remote and whether they have a, a great workspace and work environment from home, they're still just home. And now you're also going into the winter where you've got the winter blues. There's so many things that are contributing to just bringing us down. It's really important for managers and business owners, again, to step it up when it comes to bringing everybody up. And that's definitely something that needs a lot of focus. Even if you're not the creative type, there's all kinds of things right now to inspire you. Yes, for sure. All right. Do you have any questions for us? Just when are we going on the road? <laughs> we'll really have to gauge interest as far as people actually willing to travel. There's a lot of people out there ready to travel. Yes. It just 100%. Pick in the right place. Everybody's still traveling. I took a phone call from a customer the other day and usually part of my open-ended questions, she thought, I think I have bed bugs. This was the phone call. And I usually ask people a series of questions, open-ended questions like, have you traveled recently is one of them. And so I've started to take that out of the equation because it's just, I say it and people laugh at me. And so I stopped saying it. And then I, I happened to say it just out of habit. I said, have you traveled recently? And she's like, yes, I just came back from like Mexico a week ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then we could potentially be talking about bed bug situations. So it's just, people are still out there and still going about activities. Yeah, half of the country believes in the coronavirus and half doesn't. Half of it doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just crazy. All right, listen, Margaret, thank you again. Margaret from Grip PPO for all of your call center needs. You should reach out to them, get a quote, Margaret or one of her team members. We actually just sent somebody to them recently, somebody that we've both been trying to get on her team for a while. I don't know how it worked out, but I know he ain't the most easy person to deal with. That's okay. I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so once again, I just want to say thank you to Margaret from Grip PPO. Always a pleasure speaking with you. And look out for her on the road with Colony Confidential and some other <laughs> key industry innovators. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.